All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome to the Monday, November 15th Hall of Fame edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. I'm Jason Greger, along with Bryce Salvador. Bryce, good to work with you. How you doing? I'm doing great, Jason. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, like we said in the off-air, uh, off I think i am got a true number one center for this show. That's nice. A little bit more hands, for <laughs> sure, on a checker. So, uh, so that's good. Hey, uh, speaking of Hall of Fame, you had an opportunity, uh, a great class with Doug Wilson and Kim St. Pierre, and of course, Kevin Lowe and Ken Holland, but uh, two of them you played against, Jerome McGinley and Marion Hosa, both into the Hall of Fame. And let, let's start with maybe, the is Hosa underrated of how strong he was as a player to defend. Well, he sure was. And and this was a player for me that really went under the radar. Uh, I played against him a lot. And and it wasn't until he was traded to the Atlanta Thrashers, right, where I really started to understand, like, wow, this guy is an elite player. He's a goal scorer. He was playing with Ilya Kolvachuk and on the penalty kills where I spent all my time. And the threat that both these guys had on the one-timers. And that's when you really start to understand, wow, one, he can shoot the puck, and then he was sneaky, strong in the corners. You'd go in there, try to hit him, try to contain him, and then he just had that innate ability to get down low and really get through the checks. And so he wasn't imposing in terms of he was going to come run you over or really crash the net uh, or definitely not going to fight you, but a lot of respect for him and what he did you know, over a thousand points, three cups. And I, you know what, for me, when, when you, when I think of the name Marion Host, I think about the resilience to be quite frank, just look at the fact that 
You know, he went back to back to the Stanley Cup finals, right? Pittsburgh, Detroit didn't win. Like, can you imagine mentally what that would do for you? And then he comes back and wins three cups with the Blackhawks. So, again, just a, a testament to him and his resilience. And then you got Jerome McGinley, who was a power forward. And, and uh, I spoke to Jerome on my show on Friday, and he talked about how for him, sometimes like he would try to get in a fight or play physical if he wasn't in the game because he wanted to get mad. And that was a way to motivate him. So when you played against him, was the mode to say, guys, just don't wake up again. Let him play on the outside. Don't try to run him. That's for sure. He was one of those players that when he was sleeping, that's what, oh, how he wanted him. And, and Jason, it was one of those things where I started playing against him in juniors. He was with the Kramloops Blazers. I was with the Lethbridge Hurricanes. And I immediately saw there that this kid was going to be a special player. As we continue to battle throughout uh, our careers, the one thing that was with him is that not only did you have to match his hockey IQ, you had to match him physically. He was a guy that would run you right through your own net. He'd run you through your goalie. So you had to get your stick up, make sure that he knew that if you're going to come into my territory, you're going to, you know, you're going to be spitting some chicklets out in. And yes, he would fight. He was a great captain from that perspective, Jason. He really knew how to change the momentum or the kind of the tone of the game. He wouldn't step down from anyone. So a lot of, you know, great battles with him. Um, throughout my career and, and a lot of respect and just a uh, you know, testament to just how uh, consummate pro that he was. And so uh, we know this year's class, although it's technically the 2020 class, there'll be no 2021. And now we look forward to the 2022 class and some names. Uh, who do you think should be going into the hall next year? Well, we actually had this debate on our MSG show last night against the Rangers, the Devils of Rangers. And uh, one of my partners on the show, uh, Steve Cangelosi really brought up a comparison to Marion Hosa to Devil's longtime, uh, just a, a fan favorite, not Patrick Eliosh. And when you look at the body of work that Patrick Eliosh had done in his career with the Devils, it's comparable to Marion Hosa. And so I think that, you know, the Devil side of me would really like to see him get into the Hall of Fame or just how long it will take. And there's a lot of guys around that thousand points. Um, that are kind of wondering if they're going to get in. He, you know, Patrick Gallas won two cups, right? Marin Hosa had three. They both played over a thousand games, over a thousand points. So um, I'm interested to see how long it takes Patrick Eliash to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, one guy for me, and I and I think we have the board is uh, Alex McGillney, uh, Elmo as they call them, one of the most electrifying players. He also played uh, in New Jersey, and, and if you look at their stats and their numbers, like. You no, know, he played fewer games, of course, battled some injuries, but he was a highly productive player. Of course, had the uh, 76 goal season, 127 points in 1993. Like, I think he's one of the most electrifying players who's not in the, the Hall of Fame. I know he doesn't have the 500 goals, but 473 is over a point a game for a guy who played almost a thousand games. I think McGillney should go in. Now, I know other guys like Luongo and the Sedins are up, so they'll be there, but yeah. this is a really good class to debate. But I think McGillney's one, Bryce who for a long time got overlooked by just how dynamic he was. He, he sure has. And, you know, he's a guy that always keeps coming back up because of how dynamic he was. I never really got to play against him when he was in his peak. I saw him in the last three, four years when he was wrapping things up. I never crossed paths with him in his two stints with the Devils. Um, but he was definitely a player that everyone talked about. And, and I think, Unfortunately, I think he needed to reach a thousand games. And to your point, you know, if he would have maybe got 500 goals, that probably would have helped his case. But uh, in, in 
till you know maybe there's a I hate to say weaker <laughs> you know Hall of Fame class because each one of these guys that gets into the Hall of Fame in their right in their own right are just phenomenal uh, players and did so much of the game and they you know a lot of those guys really changed and evolved the game so um, you know hopefully for him because he did impact the game and uh, that he does eventually get in. Now let's look for some teams that are battling injuries, winning. You got Colorado and Vegas. Vegas is without their entire top line. Now it's Jack Eichel. He's out, of course, Stone and Pacioretty, and they keep winning. Bright, how impressed are you by the Golden Knights without essentially their entire top line? Uh, thoroughly impressed. And, it, you know, quite frankly, it doesn't surprise me because of the coach, uh, Pete DeBoer. I had him when we went to our cup run in 2012, and the way that he's able to galvanize everyone inside that room and and just get everyone to play for each other is what makes him such a great coach. And he's been to the Stanley Cup Finals twice. He hasn't won. So I think that's part of the reason why General Manager Kelly McCrimmon brought him in because he knows he's hungry. He wants to do whatever he's going to do to get this team across the finish line. And if it means putting a Band-Aid on um, the team in the interim to kind of see what they can do. And they've been getting points in all different ways. Goaltending's really stabilized. Obviously, the power play still needs to find that next level, but then that's where Jack Eichel comes in. And, and I like, you know, Kelly McCrimmon bringing him in, especially right now, gives this team a little dose of, you know, fun and energy and just a future hope, right? You bring this guy in, now you're going to solve that oh. middle. And, and and so I just like the Vegas Golden Knights, where they are, I think, what are they, 8-2-0 in their last 10? So, uh this is a team that I, I think we all picked to finish, you know, the top of the Pacific. Yeah, well, I look at Vegas, and until they had a top-line center, I didn't think they could win. You you can have all the great wingers you want, but until you have an elite center, it's really hard to win. And now that Jack Eichel, when he gets healthy, and now it's going to be a matter of he'll get some time, and you know maybe he'll be ready in February. But that is, if he's not even ready till the end of February, that still gives him two full months to be ready to go. And I think Vegas is a team that looks at the playoffs. Now you got Colorado. They got McKinnon out and seen when McKinnon went out. Now they spanked Vancouver in their first game. And we'll get to the Canucks in a second. But you know, Colorado is a team that to me, like their best guys have been there. They've been out kind of periodically with suspensions and injuries. Does Colorado look like, and Bryce, you were on winning teams. Is Colorado a team that's kind of going through the early season motions in your eyes? And you think they're still going to be a juggernaut? Or have you been impressed by how well they've played since McKinnon's been out? <laughs> well, Jason, last Monday, I was talking to Frank Cervelli, and I, I had the panic button out, quite frankly. It's just they were below 500, <laughs> you know, last Monday. And it's one of these things, yes, they won two games. You talked about Vancouver, San Jose, but you got to win those two games. And, and now I pushed the panic button again just from the fact of Nathan McKinnon being injured. Um, but we'll see how these next three games go, right? They've got Vancouver, Seattle, Ottawa. They have to win those games. If they win those three games, maybe I put, pull away the, the panic button. Now let's quickly look to the top of the central. You got Minnesota, Winnipeg, and Nashville. And, you know, the Jets and, and the Preds are on fire. Which of those three do you think is the most legit? Wow, that's a great question. I really like both Winnipeg and Nashville. Um, Minnesota, I'm, I'm not yet sold on them but Winnipeg they've been sneaky quiet I just think that they've been under the radar their team safe percentage is 10th best in the league uh you know you got Kyle Connor you got Andrew uh, 
Pop, you've got Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like, these are three guys that are leading that team, all averaging over a point per game. Kyle Connors, 1.36, I believe, points per game, tied for six. So when you don't, you're not relying on Mark Shifley, right? Blake Wheeler to be leading your team. You're still having success. You know, Mark Shifley just got his first goal. And I think when you look at, you know, the impact on, you know, the Jake Evans hit that he had in the playoffs, I, I can't express enough to people how difficult it is to rinse something like that out of your mindset. It's just, it's such an emotional thing. And then when there's a negative connotation attached to it, with the fan base and all that. So it wasn't, it's not surprising. It's been a little bit of a slow start for him, but I think now he can get going. So this has been, like I said, a, a sleepy team in terms of no, a sneaky team. I should say that no one's really been talking about. Well, I know Frank was all over and that was his pick to win the Stanley cup. And, you know, I, I think the one team that maybe a lot of us got incorrect was Nashville. Nashville had a brutal start last year and then clawed their way and made the playoffs. And, and now they just kind of picked up Matt Duchesne and, and Granlin early season. But man, those two are both up for bounce back player of the year. It's been a while since Matt Duchesne's been an impact guy, but he is. And the Preds eight, one and one, they got UC Saros and that team's pretty deep. Well, they sure are. And, and, Matthew Shane has been the catalyst for me, right? They needed him to rebound if they were going to have any chance to have any success. And Roman Yossi, he's been phenomenal on the back end. He's leading, he's tied for the points with Adam Fox at 16. And so if he's going and, and the team can just really have this underdog mentality, and I know that's what Coach John Hines will be doing inside that locker room. It's the same thing he did here when he was coaching the Devils is just really, you know, bring that US, USA hockey culture uh, inside, you know, that locker room. And, and just, I know if you walk in, they're going to have different sayings about camaraderie, brotherhood, and really get the guys to, you know, feel that, hey, we're doing this for our, for everybody inside this room. And, and right now, it's paying dividends. Well, that's a, that's a great segue, uh, Bryce, into our, our big guesses. We're going to get to uh, all 32. And today we welcome in from CanucksArmy.com, also writes the Daily Faceoff, David Quadrelli. We're stopping in Vancouver where the Canucks, oh, oh my goodness, they're struggling. <laughs> they just gave up 19 goals in three road games. David, uh, I, know, I know the temperature is pretty hot in Vancouver at the best of times. Um, do you feel management and coaches, are everyone safe right now in Vancouver? Uh, you know what? It's tough to say because the owner was on the Vegas trip but stayed in Vegas to watch Sunday night football. So we don't really know if he really has a temperature on this hockey club right now. But what we can say is that firing a GM in the middle of the season isn't something that I think this regime wants to do. But with Travis Green, again, this is Jim Benning's third head coach. I don't think any Travis Green firing is happening unless it's approved by ownership. And I'm not sure if that's going to happen because he was just signed to a two-year, $2.5 million per year deal this past offseason. So I'm not too sure if that's going to happen. But one thing is for certain is that this team is spiraling out of control. And usually your scapegoat for that is the coach. So could I see a Travis Green firing? Absolutely. I, I think he goes before Jim. But again, Jim Benning's on the last year of his contract. So it doesn't even have to be a firing. It's more so just a okay, you're not coming back as the GM. And I think there was a mutual understanding from everybody from the top to bottom of that organization that if they don't make the playoffs this year, Jim's done because this is his eighth year on the job and expectations were high this year. And so far, this team isn't ready to do it. Well, 
Hey, David, this is Bryce here, and I'd like to get your temperature since we used that word on Elias Patterson. And just he's off to what we all know has been well documented, a slow start. And I'd like to get your opinion on do you think something has to do with the way he handled his signing in the offseason? He takes a bridge deal. And from a former player, he kind of comes out and says, the reason why I'm doing this is because I don't know if this team's going to win versus saying, hey, you know, I'm taking a bridge deal because I'm betting on myself. I want to, you know, double down because we are going to win. And so do you think that's now kind of played into maybe his psyche, maybe the fan base now, maybe turning on him just because of the way he handled his contract? I think so, because remember, when this guy broke into the league, it was 10 goals in 10 games. Like, expectations were sky high. They've definitely lowered. The expectations have lowered, but the pressure on Elias Pettersson has only increased. That's how I like to kind of put it. And with Elias Pettersson, I know he's putting a lot of pressure on himself right now to succeed. And look, when you come out and make a comment like that, and you talk about you only want to be on a winning team you're the guy that's paid to score goals. And right now he's not doing it. He's not having the offensive output that he expects of himself. He's not having the offensive output that the club expects of him. And it's showing on the ice right now that he's really just a player playing with a lack of confidence. Well, and speaking of lack of confidence, what about their penalty kill? Oh my goodness. It is horrific. It's 63% on the season, but in their last nine games, they've allowed 16 power play goals in seven of the nine games quads. They've allowed two. Like, you can't win in the NHL when you're giving up two power play goals per game. What's what's happening on their penalty kill to be this atrocious for basically since October 28th? So they've been missing Tyler Mott for the whole season. He had neck surgery in the summer to remove a disc in his neck that's been bugging him for a while. Made his first game back last night. He was great on the penalty kill. You could see him. All of his reads were fantastic. He was breaking up plays. He was not on the ice for a power play goal against but he can't kill the whole two minutes. So once he was off the ice, you hold Lamico and the other personnel come out and give up a goal. And not to rag on one guy, because it's certainly not just his fault, but this club's missing Brandon Sutter right now. And they went out and traded for Yuho Lamico in the Olio Levy deal. Oh, I'm not even certain if he's an NHL center, let alone like someone that you want to be killing penalties as much as he is. And they're relying heavily on him right now. And it's costing them. Um, it, it's just... Like, I think the thing that a lot of Canucks fans are realizing is that this all comes down to roster construction and just the depth isn't what it needs to be because you, you have a couple injuries in the past, like on this road trip, they've had three NHL defensemen in their lineup and that hurts, right? Like that's, that's not a recipe for success. Well, Quads, thanks for joining us on the Daily Face-Off show. It'll be interesting to follow along uh, all your coverage on the Canucks. And uh, if the losing skid continues, uh, you got to think that somebody's uh, on the hot seat in management or in the coach. We appreciate it. Now let's get to our inbox question of the day. Comes in on the offside reviews. It happened last night in St. Louis. And uh, the question was, the, the goal was reviewed, and it turns out it's no goal. It happened, I think it was 20 seconds after the initial Colton Pareko being offside. Do you like that, or do you think there should be a timeline, Bryce, on how long after the initial offside a goal can be called back? You know what? I just like it how it is, Jason. Like, until there's a stoppage of play, or in this case, if there's going to be a goal is when you're really going to review it, it's still the same team. They're in the offensive zone. 
They're, they have puck possession. doesn't matter if it goes on for 20, 15 seconds. If they score, then you can review it. It's no, like If you come in and it's a rush play and you score right off the rush, it's so much easier just to review it and, and, and call it back. But to me, it makes no difference if the play continues. As long as the puck doesn't go out and then come back in, um, then it just nullifies it anyway. So, like I said, I, I think we're making a little bit uh, more in this situation than it needs to be. Yeah, I would never. I was not a big fan of the initial review because they went too far. And last night, the Colton yeah. Breaker one, it was it was obvious. Like I remember in the in the past year, oh, this guy skates off the ice, which of course is no advantage. And thankfully, they've changed it. So I think what they adjusted the rule this past off season or before last season was the best. If you're, I don't care if your foot's on the ice, if it's up in the air six feet, as long as it's uh, yeah. on the plane, then it's fine. But if you stay in the zone and and you enter the zone technically wrong then that should be reviewable. And uh, the orders I thought made the right call last night. So I wouldn't want it to change because if you stay in the offensive zone for a minute, the only reason you got in there technically was because of a missed offside call. So I have no problem with the yeah. way the rule is now. And it penalizes the teams. They're not just taking uh, chances all the time. So uh, I'll stick with you on that. Uh, now let's bring in Tyler Remchuk for our daily best bets. And uh, Ty, you were on fire. You had a tough Friday. Let's bounce back on Monday. Yeah, a little bit of a tough Friday there with the Oilers and Leafs not coming through for me. Took the weekend off. It's Monday. It's a quiet day, but I'm ready to get back in the win column here. So let's check out the lines courtesy of our friends over at PointsBet. Like I said, just a couple of games on tap, and I am zeroing in on that Blue Jackets-Red Wings game. And I like this as a bounce-back spot for the Columbus Blue Jackets. They've lost a couple in a row but they're on home ice. And this matchup against Detroit, I actually think it's pretty even. I I mean, both these teams aren't great at five on five. It's a bit of a coin flip there, but I'm giving Columbus the edge in the special teams department. And I'm giving Columbus the edge between the pipes. When Elvis Merzlikens is in net, they're five and two, and he's expected to get the start tonight. As always, keep it locked on daily faceoff for the confirmation there. Also, Columbus five and three at home, and Detroit's just three and four on the road. So a handful of reasons why I am going with the Columbus Blue Jackets on the money line in this one. And also, I have a player prop in this one as well. Boone Jenner, to get a point, is paying out minus 105. It's real close to even money. He had a four-game point streak that was actually snapped in their last game. So I like him to get right back on the score sheet in this matchup against Detroit. Detroit has the fifth-worst PK in the NHL, and they've, they're 10th in times shorthanded. So I think Columbus is going to get some chances on the power play. And Boone Jenner is on their top unit. He's also on their top line at five on five. So he should get plenty of opportunities to either score or pick up an assist in this one. So it's Columbus on the money line at minus 131 and Boone Jenner to pick up a point at minus 105, Jason. I love the player point bets. I love the uh, the player point bets. So uh, go for it. I love the guy. Of course, I'm biased towards offense. Sorry, Bryce. Uh, I'm sure you're loving it. You know, maybe we could get like a shot block bet or something soon for Bryce. Or something. Oh, I love it. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Now, uh, let's get into uh, garbage time. Bryce on Seth Jones. Yeah, you know, Jason, I, I think what this, you know, really ties into is just the coaching change, right? You, we talked about it off air, and Derek King coming in has really changed the defensive structure. And we're looking at a team that it went from averaging 3.92 goals through the first 12 games per game to 1.33. So it's no surprising that this team is 3-0, and and now I hope that we can give, you know, Seth Jones a little bit of breathing room here. This guy's off to a fabulous start. I talked to NHL stats team. His uh, 0.87 points per game is the best start that he's had through 15 games. He's a 
point, he's a 0 0.50 uh, historical player. So he's performing point-wise. And now we can maybe say, hey, you know what? The goaltending, the lack of, you know, defensive structure, maybe, unfortunately, was on Jeremy Colleton. So uh, we could be looking at a real special season for Seth Jones that, you know, could really be plagued, you know, by us really hammering on him the first 12 games of the season. Yeah, well, I think the defensive structure for sure has been a big change and uh, it's led to early results for them for sure. Bryce, good to work with you, man. I look forward to doing it again. Uh, thanks everyone for watching and listening to the Daily Face Off show. We will be back tomorrow. Thanks everyone. We'll be back after the Hall of Fame weekend. Thanks for watching the Daily Face Off show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.